0: find new ways to become even more innovative in how we lead our people, how we operate, to how we grow our businesses, to how we serve our customers. Together we want to share strategies and tools that can make the industry thrive long-term, not just survive.
1: I think on the influencer side there's a bit of an education piece, but we also want to shine a light on what they do. Like They are, at the end of the day, in full-time work, and their spare time is taken up by being their own social media managers. You know, they're really spending a lot of time on engaging with other accounts and growing their own account. They know the algorithms, um, they know the trends, they know which audio track and, and what kind of like is, is working well on Instagram and TikTok. So really they need to be considered as an extension of a marketing team for, for hospitality businesses.
0: This is Michael Radley. He's the co-founder of Naple, the influencer marketing app for hospitality. I've known Michael since his days at Twilab and it's been great to follow him and the team on this new entrepreneurial journey. Today we take a deep dive into what influencer marketing is and how powerful it can be for hospitality brands when you get it right. Michael shares his own journey as an influencer before launching Nipple and how they have taken these learnings to make things easier both for the brand and the influencer when it comes to connecting with each other and achieving results that makes the brand and the influencer happy. He demystifies what the role of an influencer is and how you as a brand can approach this better. Michael shares his learnings and workings with a number of progressive hospitality brands like Toss, Iberica, Iceland Poké, Humble Crumble, and many others. Lastly we talk about his own intramural journey and how you adapt to becoming a co-founder and how he keeps himself in the impact zone before you tune in don't miss out on your free copy of the white paper six tenants of agile hospitality we created together would be simply six tenants every leader needs to survive and thrive in the new era of hospitality click in the link in the show notes and get your free copy today now grab your notebook And enjoy. Today, we are going to be talking about something. When I started this podcast, I actually didn't think that would be something I would be talking about when it's connected with hospitality, restaurants, even having somebody as a guest on the show talking about this. It's talking about influencers, because in my view, it was something like Joe Wicks, or the Kardashians, Kord- uh, w- and then, and I thought that what has that really to do with, you know, restaurants or running business? I can see running businesses with big budgets maybe be interesting. But that's going to dive in today because uh, Michael, who's a guest today, has, has found a solution about how actually hospitality can get involved with influencers and actually using them in a better way, and I think it's super, super interesting. Uh, solution uh him and uh, the team are bringing to market so that's that's why you're here today michael i'm so happy that we made this happen
1: thanks michael yeah thanks for having me um sorry i'm not kim kardashian hopefully she'll she'll come on your show one day but you'll have to do with me today
0: i'm actually not sure that after uh, after i butchered her name there that she's, she's gonna come that's probably uh, <laughs> uh... <laughs> probably not so 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 michael tell tell us a bit about who you are for the people who haven't met you before, because actually you've been around hospitality for some time. You, you had a past with Trail, Trail app. And, uh, and what are you guys up to now? Because you're also uh, with Jamie, your co founder, you, you, you're also X Trail, you're you, you on a new mission to help hospitality businesses
1: we are yeah uh so yeah we so yeah for anyone that doesn't know i'm, I'm michael radley and then my co-founder jamie through we, we like you mentioned we met we met a trail app uh which for those who don't know it's a it's an operations and compliance checklist app um and we were there for a number of years really um and i think one thing we, we could take away from our time at trail or when, when jamie and i met is like the, the kind of operational efficiency piece that the trail did really well for for operators i guess we are in a way trying to apply that to to hospitality marketing um so yeah i think we're at, at trail when we met um i had this idea uh, for for nibble um and the idea has come about from the fact that whilst i was at trail or in full-time work my kind of side hustle as it were was being a an influencer but Definitely not on the level of uh, Joe Wicks or Kim Kardashian, <clears throat> more on a, a micro level, which uh, I'm sure we'll go on to in a minute talking about the different types of influencers. But man, many hospitality brands in the industry are working with content creators and micro influencers already um, because it is a new way of marketing their brand. It is a new channel and it's one that's been growing for for a number of years. and we only have to look at how well TikTok and, and Instagram are doing now, and that's where it's it's a really good way of kind of reaching reaching your your customers or potential customers. You know, being front of mind um, t- for for consumers to make decisions on when they where they want to go to eat. You know, they're they're less likely to be reading the Metro these days, and they're, they're more likely to be spending their time on on TikTok and Instagram. So. The idea for, for Nibble came about because I was experiencing kind of a bit of a problem in that I was working with brands and working with agencies and, you know, it was great. It was I would receive a lot of kind of cold emails or or messages on social media saying, we'd love you to come down and, you know, try the experience and try the food and we'd love you to post it on your social media channel. And, and for me, I kind of started off as just a, a passionate foodie that loved going out and eating. And I started taking pictures and putting it on my Instagram account and and that kind of organically grew over a couple of years up to around about 20,000 followers Um, which is why I started to receive more and more invites from brands I guess but I'm not alone. Uh, There are thousands of other people in a a similar position Um, and there are a lot of brands that are currently working with in this kind of way so the thing i realized though and kind of what led on to nibble is like and i said this to jamie when we were at trailers i didn't quite understand like why it would take so long for like a collaboration between an influencer and a brand to kind of be arranged and thinking about what it was like on the influencer side like it could have been a, a much better experience in that you know why couldn't i be out in soho on a friday night and and see what was available near me in terms of brands and potential cab collaborations and I guess, be able to book straight in with them. It would actually take, you know, days, if not weeks, for that collaboration to be to be sorted between, you know, like a, a brand directly or an agency. Um, and I wanted to make something that, that was a lot more quick and a lot more easy with kind of like pre-agreed like arrangements and, yeah, just a, a much better experience. And I think uh, that's where the idea for Nibble started really. It was uh, for sort of an influencer marketing app. On the influencer side um, just to have more choice and be a bit more on demand but we kind of scoped out whilst we were still at trail like what that what that actually looked like from the brand side and we, we knew that they were already doing influencer marketing but still where we're at now and what we're learning is that there are there is a lots of different opinions I guess that you know some don't have a clue what it is and where to start others are kind of doing it themselves and it's taking up a lot of time you know they're reaching out to influencers on social media far too much hoping to get replies and then they're kind of dealing with you know the bookings the reschedules the cancellations and then the follow-ups to make sure they had a good time and you know what's the content going to be like so that that is happening and you know if if a brand isn't doing it themselves then they're they're giving it to an agency to do it for them and i completely understand why because it is a lot of uh, time an admin for them so what we learned having spoken to a few brands you know I think this was maybe November last year is that there was also a a bit of a problem or you know maybe a solution that that sat on the other side of the fence uh for a a brand as well as an influencer so so yeah we decided to that we wanted to to really kind of like you know launch an MVP and, and test it out and that's why we both left you know trail um, to do this full-time. And I think, um, you know, we, we're definitely right in, in that decision and it's, it's already looking like it's, it's, it, there's definitely a product market fit and something that people would would like to do. So I think where we're at now from having raised um, a bit of money at the start of the year um, to kind of build the product out and get it ready for market, which is where we're at now, we, we've already got 21 brands using oh, – no, 25 brands, sorry, using the platform. Um, and that's in a private beta in london Um, and we've already got around about 350 uh influencers signed up to the app so it's definitely going in the right direction but we really are like early stages um and just getting started really so lots of exciting stuff ahead
0: what made you that super super exciting journey and then actually seeing how quickly that you actually got your mvp Proved in a way, because you both have the influencers and the, the brands on and the app, but wh- why did you call it Nibble? What was the, what is the, the background <laughs> for that?
1: Oh, uh, do you know what? I'll be honest, we, there was like, we were just going around and round with different names, but where we're different, I think, and maybe we'll talk about this more in a minute. There's there's lots of influencer discovery tools and platforms out there, But but there's nothing really that's built for hospitality. Um, and that's our background. That's definitely my background. You know, like my brother's a chef. I've worked for nightclubs and bars and my mum runs a BnB. and b Like I've been in the hospitality industry, like in, in a sales capacity for some time. But my passion and love is, is within hospitality. And I just, whilst I see there's a lot of influence and discovery tools and management platforms, none of it is really built for hospitality businesses that need footfall and bookings you know, the other tools out there are for the e-commerce giants that kind of, you know, just require transactional stuff online. So we wanted to build something for hospitality. And I think that's where we landed on the word Nibble. I think it leans itself quite well to food and drink, um, which is is where we're at. But uh, it could have been any name, really. I don't know why we ended up on Nibble, but it, it stands out. Um, and I, and I think that's where we, we got to really.
0: Yeah, well, it's totally okay because sometimes that's just like uh, I know that like finding the name is quite a an, a a big thing. You know, what is the name of the business in a way? But what, what if we take it again? Like, it would be really interesting to hear as well. What, what what do you think? Then the the vision is for for this. You know, what is your your vision for nipple? Nibble? What, what 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 is happening? And if we look a couple of years down, what kind of you know, change have you made both in, for, for the operators, but also for influencers? How would that look?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think there's a couple of things there. I, I do think influencer marketing, someone needs to to kind of educate, but also shine a light on it. And there's still a little bit of uncertainty in the industry uh, with, you know, like there's, a, there's an opinion on influencers that maybe they get a bad reputation. And I don't, I'm not sure exactly where that comes from but i could take a guess that you know people expect you know free food and they'll they'll put it on their instagram or their tiktok and that isn't really their fault like that has come from somewhere and that's come from the fact that the people they're following or other people are doing it and they're like wow how, how are you getting that like you know, what I want a bit of that, but there's a lot of education to be done on the influencer side in terms of like, you know, what is an influencer? what What is required from, from them that brands can really use to kind of promote their business and, you know, what's expected in return and what the arrangement is. So I think on the influencer side, there's a bit of an education piece, but we also want to shine a light on what they do. Like they are at the end of the day in full-time work and their spare time is taken up by being their own social media managers. You know, they're really spending a lot of time on engaging with other accounts and growing their own account. They know the algorithms. Um, they know the trends. They know which audio track and and what kind of, like, is, is working well on Instagram and TikTok. So really, they need to be considered as an extension of a marketing team for, for hospitality businesses. And, you know, there's a lot of money that might be thrown at a, a photography shoot. Um, and which of course, the quality of the work might be a lot better, but there's a lot of money being thrown at that. And and actually, if you think about it, if these influencers are going to take up a lot of their time to to come out of their way and you know that take a lot of content at the end of the day that that brands can repurpose and reuse across their own social media accounts, um, then they they need to have a fair deal and also like a bit of respect. I think I think there is in some cases not enough respect going towards creators and there's definitely a a shift now with with brands starting to understand i think that you know that the consumer journey is less of like you know show me a picture of a burger it's more like show me the burger but also show me the restaurant you know i want the experience i want to know how someone has got there and i also want to know that someone has enjoyed it that's similar to me you know are they a foodie in south london are they a vegan like like you know with a passion for vegan burgers i think making it relatable and authentic is where um, brands can really like use influencers to their advantage.
0: What was really interesting as when we, we've we been talking before, Michael, is that what I got my eyes up to, I think first time we talked was that influencers not like Joe Wicks I mentioned in the beginning. They, they, they are one part of influencer. They are like celebrities, but actually there's a lot of individuals that actually is can be almost as powerful from a niche point of view as going out to get a big name, a chef or whatever it is you take through your brand. You're seen some of the big brands using famous chefs to launch a new burger or whatever it is they do.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, there's dif- definitely different categories. And I think there's a, <laughs> again some uncertainty on... the the kind of um definitions of each category but broadly speaking you're right you know it's not to say that uh, if a brand worked with someone like joe wicks or or kim kardashian that's the wrong thing to do i think in many cases it, it might well be i think the problem for hospitality brands is that they might not be able to afford to take the risk on how much that would cost them you know like kim kardashian did a campaign with beyond meat recently it got a lot of bad press for for all the uh, whether it's good press I don't know but you know in it being too staged too fake she wasn't actually eating the product she was talking about and you know go on YouTube and have a look at it but I know that deal was you know a seven-figure deal and you know restaurants and and pubs and bars can't really afford to put that budget on something like that so the the different categories of influencers there's celebrity and elite where you know they've they've got massive massive followings but they also charge a lot to to come work with restaurants or, or any brand, um, but where micro influencers fall in, which I don't really they, this this changes, but broadly it could be anything from I guess like um, up to a hundred thousand um, followers on on Instagram or any social media platform. Um, they they tend to be like the the sweet spot for smaller businesses and definitely hospitality businesses in that it can be a lot more targeted in. In kind of what you want to do with that influencer and and where their audience lies and and the, there's definitely a shift towards micro influencers. We we believe that for hospitality businesses, you can come all the way down and actually think about what's going to be more powerful for my business. Is it going to be like if I was a cafe in you know Putney um, serving vegan food? Is it worth me? taking the risk on with someone like kim kardashian or a bigger influencer that charges a lot of money or could i find a, a group of you know passionate vegan foodies with great content on instagram and tiktok that actually are south london based that have kind of an audience that's around there and that's really gonna directly impact brand awareness and potentially bookings and footfall in that area
0: and again if it's like you know if you're, you're an operator is it so how do i actually make sure i find the right person i think that's where you guys come in the cura- curation of these influencers so what do you actually do to ensure that the influencers uh, that was 350 you said that you have on the, the platform now actually are you know up for the game because you're 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 principal hiring or making a deal with somebody you really want to you know do a good job in principle
1: definitely yeah definitely i mean we are just getting started but we're already starting to kind of bring on influences to actually the, the different categories so matchmaking a, a little bit better and that could be by dietary requirements it could be by content style um you know like we i know we were talking the other day but but is actually an influencer a yoga instructor in a particular area is it a student um you know a society secretary for a university in this particular area like we have really have to think about you know the term influencer and actually i think when i first started like working in in nightclubs back then we called them promoters and that would be they, they run a guest list and and they've got a particular like influence over their you know society at university like that is an influencer and i think we have to kind of think like differently about about what an influencer is really um but in terms of where we come in yeah it's all around matchmaking the right type of influencer for the right brand but also that brand's particular strategy like if they're running a campaign one month and that's on low and no alcohol then it's probably not right to matchmake them with a you know like a a particular influencer that is just drinking a lot of beer and eating a lot of burgers (laughs) um it might might be that we need to think a little bit differently on that um so that's where the matchmaking comes in and we're we're building that at the minute to be honest um but it really is campaign specific and and giving the brands a lot more choice over style and and the, the right type of influencer for sure
0: but I wanted I, to question if I'm putting my operator hat on other think as well. Like this this can be quite expensive, can it, like finding these influencers? What do I need? Do I need to pay them the money or is it like food as you talked about? What exactly? What kind of cost structure is exactly in place here because i think also there's a lot of people that don't that don't use influencer because they already from the outset think that this sounds like you know expensive i'm not sure on the outcome and all those things
1: yeah definitely um so i think for anyone not doing any influencer marketing like in, in hospitality um if the concerns are this is expensive or like i don't have time they're, they're quite common i think the the timepiece is interesting. I think, that, and there are influencer discovery tools, but what we've done with Nibble is we've flipped it in that you don't have to spend any time searching for influencers on social media and then reaching out. Um, actually, the influencers come onto Nibble and and they reach out to you. So really, all you have to do at that point, once they apply or reach out to you, is to have a look at their kind of like social media platform, and and we've got some data behind. Um, th- their profiles to give you a more of an accurate idea as to whether or not you should work with them or not. Um, at that point, you're, you're pretty much just approving and then they'll get booked in. Um, so it is saving brands a lot of time. And I think that's where we're, we're really trying to to make a conscious effort to streamline that booking and communication process. But in terms of it being expensive, I, I, it really does vary. Like th- there are a lot of influences at the minute and I can kind of vouch for this in that I did it for a couple of years on my own that, there's there's a lot of influencers and a lot of brands already doing influencer marketing. That's on a gifted and gifted exchange. Um, and actually, as a really passionate foodie um, with you know a certain following on Instagram, I'm really not you know bothered about it. You, you know charging if if you're willing to kind of have me in and offer me a complimentary meal and you want me to take some content post it out to my followers and you know offer some recommendations to my followers like that really is like you know I love that and and a lot of people do um, it's not to say that that everything should be gifted and I think there is definitely an argument that influencers based on you know what they're actually doing and there's one influencer in particular that we know um, that we're talking to at the minute and you know, she said to me, well, I, I directly spoke with the brand. And as soon as I came in, I know that I generated £9,000 in sales from my Instagram post. So if that's the case, then there's definitely an argument that influencers should be getting something for that other than just complimentary food. But, you know, broadly, there's a lot of micro-influencers that are absolutely chuffed with a complimentary meal. And I think that's where brands should capitalize on that, because if you think about it, a, a free burger, doesn't actually cost you a lot with with what you're getting back in terms of marketing and we've actually worked out that you know after the the gross profit costs of you know you know serving a an influencer and a friend perhaps that that actually it's about 10 times more cost effective than other channels if you if you really think about it um so it's not i wouldn't say that it's it's uh a very expensive thing i think it's just a misconception and and there is it needs kind of educating or kind of like working out i think
0: what about like again like you can also then you say if you are put my ceo hat on i'm protecting my brand and marketing came up with this strategy and i thought yeah that sounds all great but how do we control what they do when they get access to the restaurant get the free meal how are they going to represent us what is your experience with that is that just like a fear that actually you know you can't control everything and actually most influencers actually good good behaving people they're not going to go out and do do terrible things
1: it's a really good point actually and we're noticing a trend on TikTok where and Instagram in fact where influencers are now starting to be a lot more honest uh with their reviews um so you have to tread carefully uh my thoughts on it is the the restaurants really need to think a bit more like about the the actual influencer experience, really make that an enjoyable and an experience that they're going to remember because then there's not really any fear or any risk of anything going wrong when the content goes out. And, And the other thing on that is I think we can get too caught up on, you know, please, can when you come in, can you make sure that you're promoting X, Y and Z and you're saying this? And I think if we go down that route, it really goes like we're then going into the paid partnership, you know, advertising kind of category. I don't think that's the way to go. I think it's all around authenticity, honesty, and and user generated content that you can give them a steer. But ultimately, you want everything to look different and have variety. And you know, the worst thing I think right now for for brands is if you if anyone was to go on their social media. If i had a look down the page and the con none of the content was relatable to me and i couldn't get a flavor of other guests or other people going in there and what they've ordered and what it looks like and what their thoughts are i think that's more of a risk than uh than kind of working with influences
0: yeah that's interesting because i think you're right about the um that when you want to control the process too much also the authenticity goes out of it you can see that when you see things on social media you think yeah yeah of course you will say that you've been paid money to say that so that why why should i actually care in a way um what what is your what is it like really like you know if you am thinking as the operator what is it that the influencers love to do i think that's a really really good question now connection with this like how do they actually love how would they like to see their experience is when they engage with this brand? What what makes it a great experience for the influencers to connect with the brand and do the thing with them?
1: It's, it's a really good question. And, and I kind of, I think about this a lot and I do think the way the world is moving <laughs> with the world being online and everyone obsessing over these short videos on YouTube and TikTok and, and Instagram. I do think generally hospitality brands and the ones doing really well and i will name drop a couple of them because they're, they're flying on social media so the likes of yorkshire burrito and humble crumble that started off as a kind of street food store that no one really knew about you know they're they're racking up some ridiculous stats in terms of views plays and followers and, and their social media accounts are, are amazing and it's it's that consistency of good content with influencer marketing on the side that, that it really is just making it front of mind for the consumer. And I was passing a Market the other day and went to Humble Crumble for no other reason other than I've seen their videos and it looks great. It's a great product. The videos are brilliant. Um, and that led me there. <laughs> so I think we've got to start, I think brands can really capitalize on this movement of social media movement of really thinking about their offering and how that can be, you know, like relayed on on kind of these video formats on reels and, and TikToks, you know, that whilst you might have the most amazing menu in the world that would taste amazing and it, you know, it would be brilliant food, if it's not going to photograph well or video well, then th- that's something to something to think about for sure. So in terms of what influence is like, if they see anything that's got, you know, dry ice or there's a flower wall or You know, there's something being set like anything that's way more, you know, the experience or a bit of drama in in terms of like what that restaurant is providing. They will want to go there because they know that if they capture content of that, that will just grow their own social media account um, themselves. So that's what I believe we're starting to see a pattern in influencers like the experiential stuff, which is, you know, I look at brands like. Flight Club and um, Junkyard Golf and, and places like that, you know, they are very Instagrammable in what they do. And one of our customers, Paulie Paulson, you know, the, the cocktails are amazing, and, and the whole experience outside of just food and drink is something that the Gen Zs um, want want to do. And there's definitely a shift in it being much more than just the food and drink offering. What else are you going to do to really attract those Gen Zs? And and that's where influencers kind of kind of like feed that funnel really and feed their social media feeds with that content
0: yeah and actually that leads me to the next thing i really wanted to dive into because it gives totally sense It has to be i have to go there to make some content i also will make you look good but also help me growing my profile because that's so it's like a, a win-win thing but when you work with the operator, you said now you have 21 brands on the platform. What, what have you learnings been on this journey as you've been taking these brands on? And what kind of you know great outcomes has been achieved? Because I guess you are now, after having the, the, the platform with them as well, learn some, some stuff that really, really is mind blowing as well. That what you can achieve as an operator.
1: I think we're we're still learning to be honest. I think the, the the one thing we can really do, um, and this really depends on the social media accounts, but I think we could definitely get better at it, is really trying to directly link the influencer posts to sales and bookings. And there's there's things that we're working on, there's things in the product roadmap that that will help that. Um I think that's the that's the big opportunity. Um, but you know, it is is definitely an effective way of promoting your brand and there's things you can do at the minute you know you can track your own social media pages your web traffic when you work with influencers you can use coupon or discount codes that they can give to their followers swipe up links so you can try and make it measurable I think for us what we've learned is that we've just built out quite a lot of our reporting and actually if you were going to launch a Christmas campaign for example and you wanted to work with 10 influencers before Nibble um, it's quite hard to find out how many people that's reached, how many impressions that's got, you know, what's the average engagement rate? What's my cost per engagement? And that's something we've just built. And a big shout out to to Dan and Jamie on that. I have no involvement in that. But I think what we've seen with the brands that that are on the platform is that we are starting to make influencer marketing more of a measurable channel, so that these marketing managers, you know, that are kind of busy with loads of other things, can at least start to justify to the board that if we do a campaign with some influencers, you know this is what we've seen on social media in return, and that's what this is what this then done to to web traffic or you know awareness. So I think we could definitely get better, um, but it, I think I'm really proud of what we've done in the last few months in in making it a little bit more measurable for sure.
0: Yeah, those are really interesting. You said that you're running a campaign, and then actually instead of getting one influencer, so you now maybe have ten. And you can actually find out which of these, let's say five of them are the one that really drives value, then you know who to work with next time because they really work well for your brand. So again, from a marketing manager, your return of investment becomes extremely important when you every pound you spend you should definitely make a pound.
1: Absolutely. And you know, that goes back to the point of like types of influencers you should work with. You know, don't rule out the ones with only five thousand followers on the face value of it, they might not be, you know, that great. But, but actually, we've got some stats to show that people with, you know, five to eight thousand followers, their, their engagement and the actual return of investment with working with them is actually way more powerful than someone with, you know, fifty thousand followers. It's crazy, and that's really down to the fact that the social media channels and platforms are changing all the time. And, you know, with TikTok in particular, you don't need to have millions of followers for a post to go viral. Um, you just got to know the right type of content to produce. Um, so I think that's changed a, a little bit for sure.
0: But I it was really interesting as uh, as the world evolves in the moment, what I've noticed as well is in all channels, is like there's a lot more niche things going on. So it could be that you have a niche product or maybe you have, you have a product that's out of chickpeas, you make hummus and there's like these people that just love hummus and they have this thought, they talk about hummus all the time. They're like experts in hummus, you know. And uh, then, you know, and you look at their profile, you think, well, well, you only have a thousand followers, but these thousand followers are real raving fans. They just watch everything this person do. And they would go and do some of the same things that this person do.
1: Absolutely. And it's likely that if they're always talking about hummus and posting about hummus, then of those thousand, quite a big chunk are also like huge hummus fans. So definitely don't don't rule out the smaller ones because they will have a, a very engaged and like you said niche audience and I think that's where we can actually use the hyper locality of influences a bit better as well you know if I was going to open a new site in a particular area of London it's like in that catchment area who's around there and actually even if, even if you've got a thousand followers but but you're already a passionate foodie with a real local audience it's going to impact that new restaurant then definitely don't rule them out
0: yeah that's that's super super interesting because it's also getting your your mindset changed around actually how you use the influencers but also that you know that could be even in in regional or areas of, of a city you will use different influences for for the restaurants in that area if you have multiple restaurants in the city
1: definitely yeah outside of just the influences piece as well like we we have to also. I mean, there's there's a lot of talk about the, how, what we say. You know, is it influencers? Is it content creators? But you know, there, there is the influencer side and their kind of audience and how much business they can actually give you. But in the most parts, these same influencers are still giving up a lot of their time to really think about carefully about what content they're producing. You know, their are social media managers in their own right thinking about what do I need to produce here to to make this post. Do well for my own following and my own page, so it's in their interest to to make good content that's going to do well, um, and that's where the the, the brands can the, can benefit from it. You know, like I said at the start, it's an extension of their marketing team essentially.
0: Yeah, and I guess they can make even better content sometimes than the brand because they they are not restricted in their thinking as the brand is.
1: Exactly that user generated content is, is a big thing we're hearing in, in the industry at the minute. And that it is for that reason. Um, it's it's going to be always difficult to kind of talk about um, your own brand without kind of getting really watertight on your your brand messaging and, and what you want to kind of produce and achieve. And as soon as you get someone else to kind of give their opinion or put their take on it, suddenly, you know, it, it looks a lot different. So for, for sure, that's the definitely the right way to go.
0: Next thing I would like to lead into again, Michael, is that, you know, the, the, it's a challenging time for our industry. We came out of the pandemic and now there's like even more rising challenge ahead. But how did this actually fit together with, you know, I think the question I want to to tweak it a bit compared to what i normally do is that i would like to hear how does influencer marketing fits together with the world and the business challenges we have in hospitality right now because we all know where they are you know the, the rising cost labor um operational complexity now there's also Uh, uh, you know energy has become even it's not just a cost energy has just become a challenge as well can we run out of energy so we can't actually put on the lights because there's a a blackout um, and all those things but how does influencer marketing fit together with that world of all these challenges there's almost business you know the, 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 the existential things that can happen to businesses over the next year
1: yeah it's so tough um you know and i absolutely feel for, for the industry it's 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 not a great time and you know they've had COVID to battle with and now it's the the, the most recent kind of challenges i my thoughts on influencers and where they can play a, a key role i think what is undeniable is that influencer marketing uh isn't slowing down i think it's gonna be worth you know 16 billion dollars by the end of this year but TikTok and, and Instagram are still the, 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 the real key sources of like where you need to be staying front of mind. And it is going to be competitive out there. And I, I think unless you're really capitalizing on your, your own social media presence, then you, you will get left behind. So influencers play a big, big part in that. And unfortunately, even though there are challenges, I think brands will have to fight a little bit harder. And and the way they can do that is is really nailing their social media. Um I think in terms of influencers and generally just marketing, like we've we've spoken about, kind of when I broke down the cost of influencer marketing, I think it's, it's definitely a time where you you know brands will have to look at their budget, um, their marketing budget, and you know it's definitely not going to be what it was, and there might be loads of amazing creative things that the brands want to do, but just it, just the money just isn't there, and I completely get that. So I think with with influencers, really scaling it back to thinking about. If I invited a content creator, and you know, I'm aware of I, having a look at the stats, you know, we can help them with that. That that it is gonna give them a return um, in brand awareness, and, and really start to think about how much does it actually cost me to to invite an influencer in versus something else within my marketing remit that that might be like a you know that might be spend elsewhere that that is a bit more risky and, and is a lot of money. So i do believe it is a cost-effective solution of marketing um for, for restaurants right now um but appreciate like is super super tough but yeah my, my my thoughts on it is now is a time where you cannot afford to be falling behind on on social media um no way
0: yeah it's super interesting because also in times of when things are difficult the the most important thing is to keep communicating and engaging with your 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 fans i guess and
1: yeah and also course another thing on that is like we we know now there's there's definitely data to suggest that that diners are now eating out less um you know the cost of living crisis has gone up and actually you know even myself like i've gone from eating out maybe like two or three times a week to to maybe just thinking about it a little bit more strategically of like what can i actually afford and and that really it kind of like presents itself with a, a problem there of like if i'm gonna go out less then i'm gonna pick somewhere that really i am like really excited about and it has to be more than just you know like a picture i've seen on instagram or like a menu that i've seen online that looks great it really needs to be uh, i gave you the example of humble crumble like that is front of mind. Like if I was to kind of like just walk away from down the road now and think, you know, where are you next gonna go in London? It's gonna be those brands that i I'm just watching videos and videos and videos of, you know, when I'm just sat scrolling on TikTok and Instagram throughout the day. And I I think because, you know, there is definitely um less um of a budget for, for people to kind of go out than like I said about the experiential thing, we've I think brands have really got to think more about their social media content, but also the more about their offering of it being an experience just outside of, of food and drink for sure.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a super interesting point you have there because I think we all are thinking more about where we, where we spend our hard earned money right now. And it's gonna be a more strategic decision than, than ever before for definitely for a period going ahead. I wanted also to ask you a couple of questions about uh, you know you and, and the business and so on but like as that, that, you know you launched the business in, in you know probably one of the most toughest times to launch a business but what like what has been you know most significant you know learning as a human and, and now your business owner leader in the, in the in the last two years as you've been taking this off the ground?
1: Yeah, well, to be honest, I've I kind of only six months in. I think really the idea came about a couple of years ago, but but really we've only been kind of like full time in the last six to twelve months, really. So still learning. I uh, what am I learning? Yes, I think co-founder life is is tough. It really is tough. Um, so the whole the dream about being your own boss isn't quite what it's cracked <laughs> up to be. To be honest, I'm wearing a lot of hats, doing a lot of things. But actually, what I'm learning about that is i think and probably more co-founders that are way more established than than i am or our business will probably vouch for the fact that i think you really got to get stuck in and do everything and test and learn a lot and i think that hopefully will set me up um moving forward and when it comes to hiring i'll really understand each role a lot more and how much goes into kind of each little thing so that's definitely one thing i've learned um so yeah it's of course it's exciting um there's those little like moments where brands give you great feedback and i i think back to kind of like the really really dark times over the last year and i don't think brands quite know like how that one comment would really like (laughs) make me well up so uh, there's the highs are high the lows are low um and that's that's really my learnings on it so far but it is super exciting and i'm really like just chuffed with what we've done so far and and excited because i know we're only just getting started and there's plenty more we can do for sure
0: how do you deal with the the high and lows like how do you actually show up as the best version of you as as a founder because it's so interesting you're six months in this full time and i just know this entrepreneurial journey is like it's like one thing after the other it never stops and you said like and you have multiple hats and that's like area she is thrown into where you have never ever been before where you just think i have no bloody clue about this you start with googling it and then you find out wow i know nothing
1: yeah it's, it's so true i to me I, I don't know like there's definitely like coping mechanisms you do like I, i've just completed the london marathon <laughs> so yeah, well done was... <laughs> That was one that, yeah, just got over the line. But that was one thing that, you know, like, for Headspace was was keeping me a bit on track. I had something else to kind of do, and that kind of physical, like, you know, fitness element definitely helped from a mental point of view. Um, I would say, like, it's you know, we get told this all the time, speaking to other founders, like, try and enjoy it. And it is so hard, especially when it gets tough. But I I do get where they're coming from. You've got to to smile, you know, and take the wins. And we've got one thing that we're doing at the minute, which I, you know, I, I really vouch for is that when you do make mistakes when you do make errors when you when you do find things that kind of happen like we we keep a a document on file which is like every time there's like a bit of an error or something really badly goes wrong try and make a joke of it and we're actually saving them all to like an album i'm hoping that in in years to come it'll almost be like a catalog of bloopers which will be funny to look back on so yeah we've got to try and enjoy it and and ultimately just just keep going on, you know like what we do we're on a mission um to just to make it a lot easier for for brands and and make influencer marketing like just a bit more of a, a known understandable thing so we're still motivated on that on that train but um, i'm sure it will be a rocky road but but yeah i've got a smile on my face and and yeah just massive shout out to all of the brands that have kind of like are using the, the platform and kind of like see the vision and what we're doing and you know we wouldn't be where we're at already w- without their help so it, it means a lot
0: that was very very nice of you and uh, i also loved your your list of uh blunders if we call them that or like don't why did we actually do that that sound that, that's absolutely i'll amazing. have to share them with me <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually I, I, I know it's just having the discipline to put that down as well because it's really important not to take it too serious because in the end of the day it's just business and you know most you know even if people are critical of what you're doing or you know finding out that you didn't take the right step. If it's investors or it's some kind of other stakeholder, you should just say, it's just about saying, oh yes, thank you for giving me, me that feedback and then go and correct it. And then you're actually absolutely fine. That's the only thing they want in the end um and same with clients you know they, they 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 still have believe in you even though if you do one thing wrong we are not perfect we're human human beings all of us
1: oh we are and we're definitely in that research and discovery phase i mean we we touched upon it but we're just about to launch now and we've come a long way but we've got to be you know remembering that actually we can't you know that we're not going to transform a, a massive huge business overnight it's going to take time and you know there's going to have to be learnings along the way and and we're definitely still kind of come, I'd say we're coming out the other side of that now we've definitely learned a lot, but, but ultimately we'll always be learning and testing new things. And you, you just got to enjoy that, that startup world, I guess it's, it's very challenging, but also, you know, there's, it's definitely not dull.
0: No, I can, I can remember, uh, a very experienced business person said to me, enjoy that bit of the journey because you wish yourself back to that in some years and that's really interesting so he's already done it all a couple of times and that's the best part for an entrepreneur is the early days before all the complexity arises as the business grow
1: yeah absolutely um who knows where we'll be in a few years but i'm I'm sure we'll listen back to this and, and have a laugh to ourselves i'm sure
0: is there is there a question you would have liked me to ask you and uh What would that be and uh, what would you have answered
1: i don't know do we need to do like a what's next thing um
0: yeah that's a very good question so what's next for you guys you're talking about a launch
1: yeah, so we've, like I mentioned, we're we're in a, a private beta in London. There's there's 25 brands I think now using the platform, and we're still growing up that marketplace from from both sides. But we're starting to to now think about scaling uh, regionally around the UK. And there's been lots of interest um, in cities like Leeds, Liverpool, Manchester. Um, we will get there. Thanks for your patience for those we're already talking to. Um, but that's super exciting. Like starting to see the demand just outside of London is is really exciting for us and. So that's definitely next, um, next for us to do, and there will be a point I'm sure where we'll be raising money at the start of next year to to really scale the brand. Um, but but for now, we're just going to keep growing and and kind of filling up that marketplace and trying to get the best you know value we, we can out of the app for for influencers and for brands as well.
0: Great 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 Michael. Um, where where can uh, people find out more about uh, nibble and, and, and connect with you guys um, even if they are you are not in their town yet but they want to look into this and and hear more about it
1: Yeah definitely reach out so you can find us on uh, we nibbleapp.com uh, and we're also nibble app on TikTok and Instagram. Um, but yeah please feel free to, to reach out um and at the minute because we are pre-launch we are offering a free trial period to, to any brand that does want to kind of see for themselves what nibbles about and we'd be love we'd love to talk to people for sure
0: great great thank you so much for for coming on the, on the show michael and i wish you and uh, the team uh, power and energy for the exciting journey ahead
1: thank you so much and, and thanks for having me Chat soon.
0: I really appreciate that you're listening in. So, if you enjoyed today's conversation, please share with others or give us a review or subscribe to one of our channels, which all can be done via the website hospitalitymavericks.com. A big thank you to BizSimply for supporting us, bringing great insights, strategies, and tools to help leaders become better every day. Check them out at bizsimply.com or on their social at bizsimply or bizsimplyhq. You can also email them directly at podcast podcastatbizsimply.com. Thank you to Fina Charlson, who is the show producer from the Podcast Collective. If you have any feedback or ideas to the show or thoughts, reach out to me via LinkedIn or my email, Michael at michaelathospitalitymavericks.com. Find out more about us and subscribe to the newsletter Maverick Talk via hospitalitymavericks.com. I'm Michael Sam and you've been listening to the Hospitality Maverick Podcast Show. Be Maverick.